We are starting off season two talking about balance because I think there really isn't any more important topic than balance right now. We are so out of balance on so many things and it's an absolute disaster and we need to bring ourselves, our families, our kids back into balance. Mama. Welcome parents to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Amazing. <laughs> yes, Dr. Gator, balance is where it's at. I feel like I'm trying to find this every single day in my life. Before I was a parent, I was always trying to find the balance. Just be, being an actor, like our everything is so up in the air. Our jobs are not structured. It's mm -hmm. always all over the place. Every day is different. It's always like crazy, last minute, and re the rejection. There's so many things that make me feel out of balance um, just, you know, in correlation to what I chose to do for a living, mm -hmm. um, that I work really hard to find that peace and balance and calm inside so I can, like, meet all of my moments. That's um, just your balance inside by yourself, and that has n even nothing to do with all the other external stuff that you don't even have control over. Right. That's so. It's hard enough just to create your own inner balance and a balance in your own little circle in your home with your family, you know all of those things. But then we're also have to dealing with a world that is crazy, so unbelievably <laughs> out of balance on so many things. I mean, everybody's just so angry. Everyone's fighting all the time. There's all sorts of stuff going on. There's pandemic anger, and there's you know I don't know everything. There's just so much going on, and and. You know, if you're on social media, which I you know assume most people are on social media these days, unless you are smart enough to get off of it, um, everything is fighting, right? Everything yeah. is just an argument. Some simple thing turns into like a 10-minute discussion and anger on God knows what. It's awful, right? So, yeah, right. As we're working so hard to find our own balance and peace that we need to cultivate so we can we can model that for our children, which mm -hmm. is what this is about, right? It's about find being balanced and calm enough to handle our toddlers. Right. And that's what you meltdowns. said last week, right? You talk about meltdowns, but what happens if your toddler's life is out of balance? What happens if mom goes away or dad goes away or parents go away uh, or, you know, divorce is happening in the family or anything throws their little structured world out of balance. That's what makes their behaviors. The, the ones you don't want go through the roof, right? That's right. That's common parenting. One one is you want to keep, a reasonable structure so they know what to expect. You want to put boundaries within reason so that way they can feel comfortable to thrive. But if the world is out of balance, if you're out of balance, if your world's in chaos, then how can you expect a toddler to listen or behave or, or, or to act in any way that you feel is, is appropriate for them? They're not going to do that. They're going to have tantrums because that's what toddlers do anyways. But if your life is in chaos, what do you expect, right? It's not... It's not what do we think is going to happen? Right. No, they're <laughs> modeling uh, us. I mean, I am hearing myself. I'm like, oh, you know, he, he says these things. And I'm like, where did he get that? And then I hear myself say them mm -hmm. later. We're, we're modeling all of this for them. And there are they are little sponges. And so I think it's 
it's crucial that we get our act together mm-hmm. <laughs> and and really truly raise the bar on ourselves and get really grounded and really clear about who we are so we cannot mess up these kids right. that are they're in this crazy messed up world right they now are. and and you know going back to balance this is this is going back to medicine and this is going back to old philosophies and hippocrates said it, i don't remember the exact specific quote but it was basically you know don't forget the wisdom of the ancients if you yes. forget the wisdom of the ancients then you know you're bound to make those same mistakes and we are we've forgotten everything we're like we think we're in in medicine and in health and in life these days like we know everything that's best but there are so much there's so much wisdom that comes before us and you know, even just simply going back to the basic principles of Buddhism and, and the middle way and, and the original, one of the original stories, you know, very, very briefly on, on Siddhartha, the original uh, Buddha, where he, you know, he was born to a king, he was a prince, and the family was obviously super wealthy, and the, the king, the dad, wanted to keep him away from all of life's trouble. So he didn't get to see anything outside the palace. And then as he got older, um, that started to bother him. And he was like, I, I need to see the world outside. And he, you know, he started learning a little about it. Finally, he convinced his family to let him go into the world and go out with the guards and see the world. And dad, you know, King said, Just don't show him anything. Don't show him any suffering or pain. But obviously when he went and walked around in the kingdom, he saw these things and he realized that his life just didn't have the meaning that he wanted it, so he decided he was going to leave and become a beggar and be on the streets and, and live like that. Um, and then after years of living on the streets, he, again, he wasn't very happy. He was like, this, is, this isn't working for me either. And, and the story goes that he was walking by the river, and he saw a boatman who was tuning uh, an instrument with three strings. And when he was plucking those three strings, one was a high pitch, one was a low pitch, and one was just right. And that's when he realized, oh, the middle way is, is really what's right. You don't want to live a life that's too lavish. You don't want to live a life um, where you need to be begging on the streets all the time. So we need to focus on on bringing things back into balance. And that's what he spent the rest of his life preaching is, is the middle way, being in balance. And you know, it doesn't matter what we talk about these days. Everything's so out of balance. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody thinks their way is the only way. And, and that's, that's just not how things are going to work. And if we continue on this path, then... Our kids are going to suffer, and they are suffering. Well said. I love you on your soapbox. <laughs> um, well, and we have a really exciting guest today to dive deeper into this. We have Dr. Janelle Kim. She wrote the book Myung Sung, the Korean Art of Living Meditation, and we kind of sounds like a superhero though too, like Myung Sung. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, she is a super, su- superhero. <laughs> uh, she's a super mother and a, and a super good friend. But um, we talk about these ancient teachings, and it does go back to that. Like we think that we know all of the things now, but it is it. it it's so beneficial to go back and and start using these methods of meditation and calming practices or Chinese medicine and herbs and things to balance our bodies. And we go in and, um, and dive into all of these things with Dr. Kim. And it's an extraordinary conversation. So let's get into it. All right. We are so thrilled about today's guest. We have Dr. Janelle Kim with us. She began learning meditation, martial arts, and the teachings of the Tao from a very young age. She has applied her expert knowledge of medicinal healing as a formulator and founder of JBK Wellness Labs, creating the formulas behind high-end beauty, health, and wellness products 
available at stores such as Whole Foods, Sprouts, Sephora, Neiman Marcus. She has her first book coming out by Watkins Publishing, Penguin Random House. It's called Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation, and it comes out January in 2022. And she's the co-founder and formulator of Good Essentials and a mom (laughs) of two beautiful children. I don't know how you do it all. Thank you, Serena. That was a beautiful (laughs) introduction. I'm so happy to be here. We are so happy to have you. I have to just be honest with everyone. I, Janelle is, well, she's a very, very dear, sorry, I should Mm -hmm. say Dr. Janelle, is a very dear family friend. Mm -hmm. And you feel like a sister to me, or you feel, we've talked about this before, you just have this calming, grounding energy about you. So I'm sure everybody who knows you feels this way, but it does make me feel extra special to know you. Oh, Serena, that means so much. And then that's, I'm so happy you did share that because you mean so much to me, our whole family does. And it's really special to be on this kind of platform and speaking of exactly these things. I'm so happy that you feel that way. Um, I practice, uh, I, I work to practice what I preach for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. We always hear that, right? And so that's my wish. Um, one of the reasons I feel so compelled to share this book, to write this book, to share these principles of medicine, of the movement, of the meditation or the philosophy is because I know what it does for my life and I know what it's done for so many throughout throughout centuries. So. Yeah, so that, it's so. so that's so important. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little more because I'm a big Please. fan of ancient teaching, Buddhist teaching, yes. and I'm not a, a Buddhist or I'm not really a right? practicing for any of these religions, but I, I have read a lot of the stories. I think they're really beautiful. They can teach us a lot regardless of what your faith or religion is. Yes. Um, and I believe, you know, you can learn a lot uh, through that and through medicine, but also through ancient teachings. And you're a doctor of Chinese medicine, but also yes. an expert in making lifestyle choices to live a calmer, more balanced life. So can you talk to us a little bit about that, a little bit about you know, some of these ancient teachings that you're implementing into your practice and how that can help parents and, and families and kids? Absolutely, Dr. Gator. I really am excited to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, that is something that I'm seeing more and more. I've been obviously in the wellness industry in a very big way for over 20 years, and I'm seeing something change in a way that I have not seen so quickly in a very long time. Um, And one of those changes that I'm seeing in the wellness and hopefully now also in our life, as you say beautifully, in our lifestyle choices uh, and our way of living is that we are connecting the old and the new. We are adapting, we are balancing um, is really, really important. We say that word all the time, but what does that mean? Uh, So I'm sure we'll get into that, but I do want to acknowledge, yes, I come from a very long lineage of people who I like to say, my ancestors, I actually start a lot of the moments where I'll be speaking in front of a crowd because it grounds me and it's so important to me. These are- Please tell everybody about your family. I wanted to start with that, so I'm glad that you are. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Because I like to start by acknowledging that. These are people who I say have dedicated their entire lives to understanding the human mind and body, the way that we connect to others, to the universe around us, so that us sitting here today, we are able to basically reap the benefits of all of the work that they dedicated their whole lives towards. Um, and I really mean that, you know, in in the ancient medicine or ancient philosophy, you know, you can spend your entire life studying one herbal ingredient or spend your entire life trying to understand one movement or spend your entire life understanding one principle. And that's how much they put their mind and their heart. And that's part of the whole principle of even Young Sung, just making sure, you know, we have to live in balance. And that's why I, I started this whole conversation that way. And what I believe 
I might, hopefully I'm here to do in some way, shape or form. You know, in my lineage, I'm the first woman in my lineage, which I had never even acknowledged so much or thought about mm -hmm. because I'm just going with the Tao, going with the flow. But a couple of years ago, I realized, wait a second, I'm the first woman in my lineage to ever kind of be the guardian, if you will, of these principles of this formula of this medicine and these formulas. And the first person, as far as I understand, to really let them out in this kind of a way where it is East and West. And I believe that I feel like this is a perfect platform to be able to acknowledge this. But my father was Korean. My mother's American. I think I was born to have that integration. I can't I can't even not be that because <laughs> that's exactly who I am. And so that's my wish. Uh, my favorite thing is, you know, just to be natural to be natural. We live in a world where things can be really overwhelming, right? Especially in this last year. Mm -hmm. And I see so many people suffering. You know, there's so many wonderful things. So I never mean to make it sound daunting, but I think it's important to acknowledge it's been a very hard time for the entire world. And I certainly have not in my lifetime ever seen that. So during a time where things are so overwhelming, why don't we look towards kind of completing my answer to you, Dr. Gator, and why it's important to me. Why don't we look towards the principles and the medicine that's existed for so many centuries? I always like to say, why did they exist for so many centuries? Because they work. It's that simple. You know, we can go into hours of conversation, but the mm -hmm. bottom line is if something wasn't effective, why in the world would it still last? <laughs> yeah, and, and, so, and I, I want to just, I want to add to that because I think it's, this is something I've said before too, and, and yes. you really said it beautifully, but I, I think modern medicine is arrogant to a degree where we where we call everything else alternative medicine, right? When you're sure. you're a Western doctor, you're like, oh, it's alternative, it's Chinese, it's alternative. But which one is really alternative? Modern medicine's only been around for <laughs> you know a few hundred years or whatever, whatever you want to decide as the the start point. But you know, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, uh, Buddhism, all these things have been around for thousands right? and thousands of years. So which one's really right? alternative? And it's right? it's a little bit arrogant to say that modern medicine is or Western medicine is best. It's the only one. It, there are things that we have that are amazing that we've never had before. Yes. And there are lots that we've learned. And so we're not saying anything bad about Western medicine. There's lots of greatness right. there. And we're in the, the golden age of medicine. But that doesn't mean that we should dismiss ancient wisdom. Because right. just like you said, if something's been around for thousands and thousands of years, there's probably a reason. It probably helps. Uh, and, and there's probably more that we have to learn from it. And just because we don't understand it doesn't mean that there isn't benefit from it. But also there could be harms and risks too. And that's where yes. the blending of both worlds together is really important so that we continue to study it to figure out, okay, why do they do this for Chinese medicine for thousands of years? What is it doing? Right. So, I love that, Dr. Gitter. I feel um, a lot of what you're saying really resonates with me. I know, Serena, that you're we're totally on the same page <laughs> to begin, but I'm really grateful and appreciative of the way you're wording everything because I, I completely feel the same way. You know, when I'm up on the panels or speaking when it comes to medicine, you will, I, I do get that question often. So what do you think about Western medicine? And oftentimes it goes into, or modern medicine, it goes into this kind of, you know, conversation that I don't necessarily think we need to focus on, we need to be aware of, but I agree with you. I always say that the best doctor in the world, right, the best doctor in, that exists is one who, what we want to do is take care of our patients. And so we have to be aware to the best of our ability and help our patients or people, when we speak of life, be aware of themselves. It's so empowering. And then know when to use what. You know, of course we have our experts. We're doctors, we go to school, our, our, what we wish to do is help others. But at the end of the day, exactly what Myung Sung is about, certainly works toward, for kids, adults alike, is at the end of the day, everything begins with you as a person. So can you explain a little bit more about what Myung Sung is? We've mentioned it a couple of times, but I don't really know that much about it. So maybe you can take us through what that means uh, to you and then give us a little more background on that. 
Absolutely, Dr. Gator. So Myung-sung literally translates, one translation in the Korean language is meditation. So it means meditation. My One of the things I love to speak on, which is the part of the title, the Korean art of living meditation, mm -hmm. is living meditation. And that is something that uh, over time, I feel like that kind of embodies everything that I wish to share. And it kind of goes like this. So in life, we hear so much now, being mindful, being aware, being thoughtful, practicing meditation in our life. And I often, one of my favorite things to do is when we hear these words, balance, meditation, when it comes to skincare, all natural, and stop for a second and think about what are these words that we're actually even using? So what is meditation? Why is it so important? We, we hear about it so much now, where 20 years ago, it would have been maybe considered you know, not normal, and 40 years ago, it would have been weird, right? Now, now everybody wants to do it, but what is meditation? What's the purpose? To me, the purpose is a time to sit down, to purify ourselves. I always say, just as if we were to walk into a room and it was dirty and disorganized, we'd naturally, whether you do it or not, it would be good to kind of clean up and organize, but how often do we do that inside? I think that's what meditation does for us. It helps to calm ourselves. It helps us to become aware. It helps to purify our mind and our body in that manner so that we can gain a big greater perspective. And through that greater perspective and that clarity, we're able to connect to ourselves, to others, and to the circumstances around us. And so meditation is not always so easy for people to do. The very act of it, or yes, Serena, you said it. I'm a mom of two. I run a lab. I have two other businesses writing a book. You know, there's so many of us that have so much on our plate. And sometimes the understanding of even meditation can stress us out. <laughs> and that completely is contradictory of what we're trying to achieve. So why don't we change this for a second? And the age old teachings that have been passed down for so many centuries is how do we apply it to our daily life? And to me, that's what I now call living meditation. And so that is what kind of how the whole, even that title came about. And I love that it says the Korean art, but I have to say, I don't know if I'll ever share this again. And, you know, you said it, Serena, you, you've always seemed like a sister to me. I come to you sometimes, what do you think? And so here's the platform. Sometimes I thought to myself when this title first came about, well, the Korean art. And I love that because I come from a very a perspective with a lot of tradition. You know, I didn't grow up with tons of Asian friends. I grew up here in America, but I came from a really traditional family. But when we came up with this understanding of the Korean art, while I think that really fits and I can see how that can bring interest and it certainly is accurate and correct, deeply I want to share that it is for everyone. You know, it is it is an ancient teaching that is for everybody. So that's Myung Sung. And living meditation. Walk us yes. through living meditation. Thank because you. Because I love yeah. following you on Instagram. <clears throat> oh, thanks, Serena. I don't Rena. see you as much as I would like. I know. This is true. It's same. The feeling but, is mutual. Um, walk us through living meditation because I'm watching yes. you live out, you know, practice. Uh, actually, you practice what you preach. Well, thank you, Serena. It is a daily practice, and that's exactly what it is. You know, it means that, to me, I like to call out three main points, okay? Now, the, the whole book is made up of different chapters, and I call them keys, and they're different principles to help us achieve this daily practice of living meditation, where, as I just said, we sit down to meditate to achieve these things that we wish to attain certain states of being calm of mind, but there's certain things that we can teach ourselves that create good habits in our daily life with everything that we do when we're parenting our children, when we are children, when we're adults in a relationship at work, and that's living meditation. And I like to kind of, you can sum it up into three main points of what Myung Sung kind of focuses on or does, if you will. The first one is knowing yourself, right? So you check in, you become aware, you become mindful. And through that, you always remember that it starts with you. You hold the choice and the power. 
And that's very powerful. It can be really scary for people sometimes. It can certainly be scary for me sometimes, you know, we're all in this together, but it's the understanding that you have the choice in everything that you do. Doesn't mean you always have a choice for circumstances, but you have a choice in how you're gonna to respond to them, how they're going to affect you and what you're going to do about that. So that's number one. Number two, I like to say, be like bamboo. It's one of my favorite visuals or go with the Tao or go with the flow. I love the understanding of go with the flow or move with the Tao. To me, it's the same. Tao means the universe, the way, right? Okay. So it's kind of where everything began. Long story short, <laughs> right? And so to me, I thought about that. And a lot of people go with the flow, but I kind of feel like there's one step missing there. And that's where we, that be like bamboo, kind of that visual came up. It's one thing to go with the flow, but if you're not grounded and rooted in certain universal principles, I say that word a lot. Principle to me is something from what I learned, what's been passed on, are universal truths. There's not really opinion. I'm sure we'll find someone who wants to argue, but pretty much we'd all agree. There's always someone to argue everything. Always someone to argue. And you know what? Especially if you're on Instagram, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Serena's just arguing with you every day. She knows (laughs) (laughs) Maybe soon I'll be so. Uh, entertaining um but be like bamboo means that even though we like to, we can go with the flow you have to ground yourself and root yourself you can imagine that if you just move with the winds of life constantly going with the flow you'll get lost at some point or you'll get blown away or whatever that looks like but when you're grounded and you're like bamboo when a big storm comes that bamboo is so flexible it goes all the way to the ground but it so it has such a strength and that flexibility that as soon as that storm passes it can bounce right back up it adapts, I do you see? And so I love that. Another reason I came up with that, and again, when it comes to parenting, if you're a child, if you're an adult, you know, I, I certainly have experienced in my younger years, you know, getting into the workforce very early as a woman, you know, all these things, which honestly, I never really got stuck in any of that because I just kept going. That's a whole other conversation, right? But I remember there was a time, right, Serena? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm there's a time where I think a lot of us feel like we have to be so tough sometimes. And that's what strength is being hard and not moving and not, not wanting to understand someone else's perspective because we have to prove ourselves or make a point. And I think that can be a very dangerous road to go down. And so it's really important to remember that when we're so tough or so solid, like a stiff board, it can break But bamboo because of its flexibility has that strength. And that's the second part of young sun. The third point to myself that kind of sums it all up is basically, what is your spark? I like to call it. So for me, that's gratitude. For me, it's perspective. I like to say we all need to zoom out, you know, because again, kind of following that same conversation that I just had when we sometimes feel the need to be too, too extreme, right? That's the balance we talk about, the yin and yang. When we're too extreme, ultimately it can be a very dangerous place to be. And so if you can zoom out and gain perspective, put yourself in other people's shoes. This is something I teach my kids all the time. Something I learned from my parents, my mentor very much so. You put yourself in other people's shoes and open your mind and then you start to see perspectives and you gain clarity on things that you wouldn't otherwise. And so I think that's so very important. And so those are the three steps. Know yourself, be like bamboo and have gratitude and perspective. And then through all that, you have living meditation practices you can do at any moment, at any time. Are, no are one you even, even at, has to know. <laughs> are you doing this at home with your family? You better is, believe is it. Is that something that your kids are practicing as well? Absolutely. I want to talk for a second about discipline. I'm a big yes. believer in creating self-discipline for myself, whether it's exercise, yes. meditation, or you know, not drinking all of the wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And I, of course want to model that for my son. I know that you talk about discipline being the greatest love. Explain 
explain that from your perspective. What what does that mean? Absolutely. So then as soon as I, I thought about, you know, this concept or this this principle or philosophy, I thought to myself immediately, people are going to think I'm a tiger mom, which very well might be sometimes, <laughs> you know, because it sounds kind of harsh, right? Discipline is the greatest love because um, you hear that word discipline and it can seem, but, but yeah. Boundaries are, I don't know what you're yes. going to say, so I should probably no, just let you No, tell me, it, no, I, please. I, rem- I grew up with very, we had a lot of rules and my parents were yes. definitely more strict with me than they were, let's say my little brother. But yes, I, I think we've discussed this. Really <laughs> appreciating, you know, my brother. <laughs> yes. I remember really appreciating the boundaries that they set for me. It it gave yes. me a sense of peace knowing that I wasn't allowed to go to that party. Right. Boundary, boundaries are good. Boundaries are important. Super important. They're not, they're not bad. And, you know, sometimes when you're on the west side of Los Angeles, you're like, we need some more boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries, they're good. <laughs> Yes, and, and so you're, you're saying it beautifully. That's exactly what I mean. I, I am a strong believer, um, and as has been shown throughout time, that human beings, people, we wish for direction. We wish for direction. In fact, sometimes we wish for too many rules. It's funny. It's like you can't move if you don't have a protocol or tell me how from step you know, A to Z, how exactly do I do this? And you know, that's something that also I think is going to change a little bit in our times right now. Certainly, living meditation touches on that. Um, that's another conversation but kind of going we have to adapt every every day is different every moment is different and so it's really important as human beings we look for that direction it gives us security it gives us peace like you said serena you know i grew up very traditional if you will very strict as my father put it you know he'd say janelle i'm not strict i'm on principle and i did not understand that until recently and he was right because where there were some things that you would think a parent would be really strict he would not actually be very strict but then other things where everyone else got to do everything and you're right serena is the oldest i got it way more (laughs) in certain ways you know but now i look back and i realize that was the direction he was giving to me and it and it and it basically shaped my entire life and it did it gave me a a sense of peace and security that someone was watching me and someone was guiding me right and um i certainly didn't think i'd walk into this but it was really a an interesting thing when I lost my father, which I don't always bring up, you know, a few years ago, I certainly don't want to go down that road too much and make us, you know, sad. <laughs> but um, it's I think it's a really important piece because all of those things that he taught while he was still physically here, one day when he physically wasn't here anymore, they left such an impression on my mind, all the direction he had given me, all the all the principles that he had passed down to me that he didn't just come up with. It's what he, he, he was the same. We're vessels to hopefully just keep handing these understanding is these principles down and so without that direction so strong in my life you know especially as such an important figure in my life one day when he's physically wasn't there you know boy did it leave an impression in a way that i couldn't have even expressed until until this moment right remembering all those things so so yes direction i think people particularly children crave in this life Mm -hmm. discipline direction to me i kind of use it interchangeably because to me discipline is direction or guidance if you will and um, you're obviously an amazing, devoted mother, and I know you have a lot of parenting advice when it comes to seeing every child for who they are and strengthening their character and individuality. Can you pretty please give us all the tips and tricks that you do in raising your sure. own children? I think that's what, what we want. We want our kids to, we want to support them in becoming the best versions of themselves. 
Absolutely. And, and again, like I said, I don't think there's one solid concrete way. I wish I could sit up here. You know, I'm also still on my road. And I think as far as we're concerned, being a parent will always be on that road. I don't think it ever stops. Mm-hmm. But I do love to, when it comes to my kids, I do love to, as I said before, kind of talk them through a lot of different things, right? So as we're going through this processing exactly the three steps that I said before, you know, Serena, so so the tips that I would say, especially when you look at each of your children, I know that's something that my father very much did for my brother, sister, and I, and I'm so grateful. And he really stayed on principle, as I just explained, when it came to us. And we actually had a very special moment where in our adult years, um, which we spent a lot of time together, as you know, Serena, we're a very close family, but it wasn't always just the three of us and my father later in life. And, and one time I remember I was sitting at a lunch. I, I'm pretty sure I would mentioned this in the book. Now it seems like eons ago when I wrote that first chapter, but <laughs> he sat down and he said to us, you know, one of the most important things and pretty much in, in my words, his, he said, you know, my wish was to always see each one of you and, and raise you accordingly for who you are. And it really did turn out that way. In fact, you said it yourself, Serena, even when you grew up, you know, the rules that your parents, particularly your father, you know, being strict like mine, if you will, gave you were a little bit different than your brother and your sister. I imagine certainly that happened in our life. And he did. He saw each one of us and we each have different strengths, different things that we need to work on, different habits to change. And that's, I think, as a parent, that's a huge job. I think that it's not easy, you know, but as we get in that process of doing so, I certainly wish to practice that. Already, I'm constantly almost studying, for lack of a better word, but I think actually it's a great word, and observing and absorbing what Vince does, my soon-to-be eight-year-old, versus Jackson, who's soon-to-be four, actually tomorrow. And each one of them has such different personalities and the decisions that we make, you know, for example, um, I, I pushed Vince early in school, you know, for his personality and that moment in time, that was a correct decision. Even though so many people, it's a common thing, you know, boys, you don't necessarily want them to be the youngest in class. Well, my Vincey, this is his destiny. This is his life now. <laughs> he can certainly <laughs> handle it. And then now I have that decision to make for Jackson. And I was pushing Jackson right on that same road as Vince. And then one night I got this feeling in my gut, nope, this is not going to work. Because on some level, if you were to meet Jackson, he has a, you would almost think he has a stronger personality, right? He's more very funny. He'll be walking down the street saying hi to everyone, you know, having conversations where Vince is more um, internalized that way, more uh, not thoughtful because so is Jackson. But it's a funny thing because I would have thought, oh, Jackson, for sure, I'm going to push him forward. But it's funny because he's so much more, mm, how can I say, when Vince makes up his mind, he makes up his mind. It's a really beautiful thing. Jackson has a very strong personality, but I think things affect him a little bit longer, more like emotionally. And so all of a sudden, one night at midnight when the school applications were signed and everything, I said to Craig, nope, I don't think we can do this. And that's not like me. When I make a decision, usually it's set. So we changed everything because I realized, you know, that's not the right road for Jackson. So for example, example, that's an example of your own meditation, because I know in my own life when I am grounding myself and connecting myself and meditating, then we're more in touch with our intuition. Yes, absolutely. We're not thinking better believe something. It. We're not like actively thinking about making a decision or making a different decision. The idea will just occur to you. Like it yes. feels like out of nowhere, right? And I feel like that, I love that you say that. That is being connected. connected. And the goal is to always stay there and I'm definitely not always there. Most of the time, I'm not always there, but when I am there and I, I recognize it, it feels really good. Yes, and I do believe that when we're more calm through meditation, through living meditation, when we basically, it's all about training. It's like training our minds. 
It's training our mind to respond and not react. It's training our mind um, to be able to remain calm in an overwhelming situation because when we're able to do that and not let, like, be like bamboo, not let everything that happens to us affect us, first of all, that's horrible on our physical health, our mental health, but also you don't see things as clearly and you don't, you're not as connected. I totally wholeheartedly feel that same way, Serena. Totally agree. It's such a, just an important topic because, you know, we're just so divided on everything and it's, it's not doing anybody any good. It's really not doing anybody any good. Everybody... There's, there's any ancient teaching talks about balance. They, they all have that in common. And when you get too far to either side, you're no longer in balance and things are spiraling out of control. And we're most definitely there in society for everything. The world is out of balance and we, we have to start bringing ourselves back into balance through meditation mindfulness yoga, whatever it is it doesn't have to be meditation mindfulness yoga it can be whatever but we have to right. start accepting just like you were saying you, you know you don't need to be meditation. a devout catholic right to accept people that are it doesn't you know everyone can decide what, what they want to be and you can still live in a world harmoniously with everybody right and i think yes. that's that's where it's just so important what you're what you're saying just to i love that Dr. Gator. you, you may like this it's something i think about <laughs> a lot but in this, when we talk about this balance and these extremes, to me, that is something I constantly think about and love to share, although it doesn't happen all the time, that symbol of yin and yang. You know, it's something that I think nowadays everybody knows. But when we look into that symbol, again, this could be a whole other podcast, so let's make it mm -hmm. as short as possible. But when you look at that symbol, you have the black and the white, right? And so that's the dichotomies of the world. You have dark and night, you have feminine and masculine, you have loud and soft. You know, all of these things, it's just, it's a part of our nature. Mm -hmm. And so this, yin and yin, but the beautiful thing that people sometimes don't necessarily look into as much is that within that black and that white, oftentimes they say it looks like a fish, right? And so in that black part of the yin and yang symbol, there's a white dot. And in the white part of the yin and yang symbol, there's a black dot. Because even in the darkness, there's light. And even in the light, there's darkness. And another part of that symbol that people... I hope I understand, or if they don't, let's go into it for a second. It's always transforming. That's why it has even that look to it and that circle. Yeah. And so yeah. I like to think about this, Dr. Gator, when I feel kind of what you're speaking of right now, because to me, there are these extremes. But I also believe, and as has been taught by East Asian philosophy in general, about that Tao, from the Tao came yin and yang, and from there came everything. And the beautiful thing is, there are always going to be extremes, it never, basically, that balance. So when something reaches an extreme, it'll go, it'll start to rebalance just by nature. So I have faith in the universe and in these principles that there will be balance from this. I, I will say often when people have asked me this in the last year, my only thing is I don't know when that extreme point is going to hit exactly. <laughs> you know, we keep thinking, oh, it hit. And then, and then the next week comes, like, you're like, oh my gosh, it didn't hit yet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, me, I, I have faith in, na in nature and the world. Yes, I, I, I agree. Exactly I have faith I in nature and the world. It'll balance. Sometimes I'm not yes. so sure about humans though. I know. <laughs> Sometimes I know. humans, you know, we we, uh, we we need to reconsider the way that we're thinking about things so we can bring ourselves back into balance. Because at the end of the day, the world is going to rebalance. The earth is going yes. to rebalance. Yes. You know, and we, we have to remember that we're a part of that. Yes. Dr. Yader beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. She's amazing. I feel so grateful that I can call her a friend, honestly. She's lovely. Absolutely wonderful. And my favorite part is I, I'm ever since we did this interview, I've been using this in my life. Like I used to say, go with the flow. I love that she also says move with the Tao. But this whole like be, be like bamboo thing, mm -hmm. to be uh, grounded and 
and flexible enough to bend as far as you need to bend when shit starts happening. When shit's happening. <laughs> can you can you beep out that? No, no. <laughs> Don't beep it out. Okay, no. great, Jordan. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> beep it or not. Um, and, you know, um, and then be able to be, you know, so grounded that you can bounce back up. I mean, this is what we need to teach our kids, people. Mm-hmm. If you go to Serena's house now, there's just bamboo planted everywhere. You Actually, know? no, there <laughs> is bamboo. I live in the hills and there is bamboo at the bottom of my house. It's so, and I now I see it so differently. Ever since this interview, I see it so differently. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, it's an excellent. It's a hardy plant. It's an impressive plant. I it's an say. impressive plant. <laughs> um, and Very I, sturdy. You know, it's not. It's not just a metaphor. It's true. Those things. I mean, think about it. They make a lot of. You know, you make rafts. You make anything with bamboo. It seems like it'd be weak, but it's actually quite strong. Um, speaking of bamboo, um, my favorite onesies and all my favorite oh, uh, that's most comfy b- baby clothes were the stuff made out of bamboo. Oh, I love bamboo clothes. Right. Hey, and- shout out to any bamboo companies if you're looking for. You have sensitive skin like I have. Bamboo is where it's at. Hey, shout out to Cozy Earth who sent me some really deliciously soft um, loungewear. They didn't send me anything. I, um, I want some cozy. Well, now stuff. you're going to yeah. be getting some things. <laughs> um, but I uh, love Cozy Earth. It's one of Oprah's favorites, too. This is not an ad, but maybe it will be in the future, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just keep they, shouting it they, out, they, then they'll they come make, to us. They make bamboo um, clothes. So... Um, and for um, parents, which is wonderful. Cool. But, um, yeah, it that was my favorite part about, I mean, her book is amazing. Everybody's got to go get it. Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. It comes out January of 2022, but you can go ahead and pre-order it now. So find it online and pre-order it. Unless, um, unless it gets stuck on a boat. It's going to be stuck on a boat for sure. <laughs> so Maybe they'll have it figured out by then. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I haven't plugged my own book yet. Everybody has a belly button. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. We'll talk about that um, next week, but um, that one comes out in what January What if someone doesn't well. have a belly button? Stop it! Did we not talk about this? <laughs> we did. <laughs> I Didn't I run this by you? If you're born, you have a belly button, right? Theoretically. In my understanding, you're, you only don't have a belly button if like, you've had some sort of stomach surgery. You would have a belly button, but I, I imagine there are some people that don't have quite a belly button or they're uh, they don't like their belly button but everyone does have a belly button so it's true oh my god see this goes back to everybody has something like something to say so i write this book about like equality and equity and teaching babies about skin color and um and, and our similarities and our differences so we can raise children that aren't racist and and you know how and once I, I posted the the uh, pre-order thing and someone was like well what if you don't have a belly button everybody has a belly button and even if you don't then uh, i guess you'll We'll make another book. Um, I think that our takeaway from this is that we all need to be like bamboo. Be like bamboo. And uh, raise a barn yourselves so we can raise healthy, happy kids. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on... Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.